Welcome back to the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Beautiful song. vibing. Beautiful song to serenade us into our next guest. Well, I'm not sure vibes at all with Chris Stapleton. We'll find out. Alex Wan, producer and co-host of The Raptors Show and the author of a new book, Prehistoric, which is the details, the origin, origin sorry, of the Toronto Raptors will be available in October, features 140-plus original interviews. Oh, my goodness. Buddy, you've been working hard, Alex. What's going on? Um, good morning to my two favorite morning people. Um, was was Chris Stapleton part of the hip-hop tribute yeah. at the Grammys? He was. If not, then I don't know. Yeah. No, he he, was he? he was. He certainly was. Really? Yep. He got in there and played a little... He's got a little, like, uh, rock and roll vibe to him a bit. Go back and watch. But he he was in there. Wow. I, I know. I, you know, I'll believe anything. I'll believe anything you say. Buddy, he's, he's one of my favorites. So you got a treat <laughs> to listen to him coming in here. Uh, anyway, we're just giving away tickets. That's why. But uh, I want to talk about oh, your new nice. book, um, which I didn't know you were working on, which is a nice little secret treat that you like to drop on us. Prehistoric. Uh, how long has it been in the works? 140 plus interviews is uh, no small task. And is there one that you're excited to tease for us? Yeah, the one that I've been teasing to everybody is actually had a chance through uh, Elaine Kwan, who worked with the Raptors in the organization in, the, in that first season. She connected me with uh, Samuel Jackson because uh, Samuel Jackson was the okay. first celebrity fan that was at the Sky Dome because he was filming uh, the movie The Long Kiss Goodnight at the time when the Raptors were playing during the 95-96 season. And people might remember that he actually held up a, a Raptors duffel bag in a scene in, in the Quentin Tarantino movie, Jackie Brown. So we, we chatted. Uh, I think he was he was filming some Marvel movie as he is. And so we didn't get to chat for too long, but I had a chance to just chat with him about what it was like to, to be a Raptors fan in that first season, sitting courtside, and how that duffel bag ended up in, in the movie. So um, that's that's the one that I guess I've been using to to kind of tease the book because it's a it's it's the most interesting one. Not the most interesting, but I guess it's the so cool. That's the biggest. No, one. that's 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 pretty good. I think that I think you've uh, outlined the right one, and you got Damon Stoudemire who wrote the mm-hmm. foreword. How do you uh, connect with Damon, and how'd that come together? Yeah, um, you know, you're gonna hear just uh, I, I guess Elaine. So Elaine used to Elaine Kwan used to work in community relations, and she actually organizes a series of reunions, in person reunions with the first year. Uh, you know, players, uh, you know, front office and, and just employees who worked in the organization. And it was interesting for me to find out while working on this book, just from talking to Elaine, who was able to set me up with a lot of the players that she still keeps in touch with. And a lot of the employees from the first season that they're all still really close. Uh, and it's not just like a cluster of players or a cluster of people in the front office. They all still keep in touch and and the pandemic actually prevented them to have their own 25th uh, anniversary in-person reunion so they ended up doing a bunch of zooms but there are plans this summer for for them to get together again in toronto so that was one of the interesting wrinkles for me was realizing when i started reaching out to these people and connecting with them that you know they still have just this shared bond from the experience of, of being part of the organization at the very beginning so the book's done and it's called Prehistoric. So I'm, I'm sure, you know, we're talking about, you know, pre-title and certainly pre-deadline this year. But this week could be a chapter in itself. Uh, this week poses to be uh, quite an interesting one for the Toronto Raptors. And I- I'm wondering, like, you, you sort of, you and Will and, and many others in this market sort of 
exemplify the Raptors fan. And I'm wondering about the Raptors fan experience, the emotional toll that this week might be having, you know, the, maybe the disbelief and actually moving on from this era potentially, and maybe the refusal to wave the white flag. Like, where are you at as you enter this week? We're a couple days away from the deadline. What is the emotional toll? What is the emotion level at for you as you sort of sort through everything? What's real, what's fake, and what's to come? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the toll's like me hopping on the 407 without a transponder, you know. Oh, um, boy. It's definitely racking up. Um, no, I think, I, think, I think there's just, in general... The, the fans are just waiting and there's just a, an anxiousness and there's just an anticipation for something or anything to happen on Thursday. And if anything, I think a lot of fans are, are fearful, given the track record of this front office, that they are very patient and they are willing to walk away from a situation and from deals if they don't feel like it's advantageous to them. I think there's a there's a fear too that maybe the Raptors end up doing nothing or, or next to nothing or not to the expectations that a lot of people want to see because based on what they've watched this season and based on what they've watched, I think recently in the past few months especially, I think a lot of a lot of the fans are, are ready to to move on from from this iteration of the team. And I don't think it's even an indictment on how they feel about specific players. You know, I think certainly there's you know, uh, criticisms towards, you know, Fred early in the season when he was struggling. I think there's been a different type of conversation about what OG's optimal role is as, as a player uh, on, on a contending team or even on this Raptors team. But I don't think it's, it's even an indictment on how they feel about specific players. It's just how they feel about watching this team. And it doesn't feel like there's a togetherness there. And given the contract situations of the guys, it just feels like, uh, there's a part of this team and part of the fans that, that are ready, honestly ready to, to move on from this group. So there's fan Alex, but there's also Raptors radio show producer Alex. Uh, and you guys have been talking about all the nuggets that have been thrown onto oh, Twitter man. and discussed it's at been exasperating. It's, been, it's been great. You <laughs> should like, join us. Yeah, we're oh, we're, we, we went through some ridiculous trade proposals this morning, so we, we've, uh, oh, we're fully on board. We'll send like, them to you. can laugh. <laughs> we, we did it after Blake's, uh, Blake's piece so that we didn't have to get exposed by uh, Blake's piece. Anyway, uh, are you just like looking forward to switching up the narrative is, as opposed to the fan? Alex is obviously hoping for the best thing, but radio show Alex like, let's just talk about something real here. Yeah, I think so. And I think for, for people that know Will, you know, Will likes to talk about, you know, the, the basketball side of things, right? Like actually talking about the team, talking about the players, talking about the games. And like we, we were in here yesterday recapping the two wins uh, over the weekend when they beat Houston and beat Memphis to wrap up the road trip. And five minutes into the show, we were just like, yeah, there's really not much to take away from when you're watching the team right now. And I think we're, we're all waiting to, to just see, you know, hopefully there is something that shakes up the team and not just for this season, but just, you know, for the direction of this team moving forward beyond this season and what the Raptors are going to do at the trade deadline. So very excited to hopefully after Thursday, just have new players to talk about new direction, new narratives, and then gives us a way to, to really reframe the last 30 plus or less than 30 games now of the season uh, to, to really get a, get a sense of where this front office wants this team to go. So yesterday, I know you were off the air when the uh, Woj tweets came about the oh Raptors, uh, everything's moving through them, and then the idea that the trade was held up because possibly Fred Van Vliet um, was a part of a three-team trade. That obviously didn't come to fruition, but do you think the Raptors tipped their hand a little bit that Fred Van Vliet was so close to being a part of 
a trade that that might just be the direction we see now over the next couple of days. Yeah, I think Fred's really interesting. And I think hearing about the fact that the Nets are trying to expand the deal, the Kyrie deal to to potentially acquire Fred from Toronto, uh, you know, it does seem like as of right now, you know, Brooklyn looks like they're looking to to add more pieces and maybe make at least one more trade to to really bolster their roster around Kevin Durant, although it is the Nets. So, you know, by the time this uh, audio file goes to the podcast feed, uh, maybe things will have changed. And then, you know, maybe KD will have requested out. You really don't know with the NBA and the Nets. But yeah, no, I think Ailish, it's, it's, it's interesting with Fred. And also, I think this time of year when you hear the reporting and stuff, like how much of it is, you know, the other teams, you know, expressing this level of interest in, in Fred versus how the Raptors feel about their players. Because you've certainly heard a lot of rumors around OG Ananobi. And, you know, as you get closer to the deadline, you're hearing Pascal's name being bandied about uh, as well. And, and you know, how much of that is really just other teams, you know, wanting to see whether they can get those players at a price. Because it does seem like from some of the reporting, too, that the Raptors don't particularly seem interested in, in making those deals at, at, at the moment, which I think goes back to, to the fans being worried that the Raptors might not make that big move that they expect. So, yeah, I certainly, I certainly personally expect um, Fred to, to be on the move on, on Thursday. I think, you know, just reading the tea leaves and seeing that the money that, that he's expecting to ask for, the 130 plus million over four years this offseason, and seeing just where the Raptors are headed in terms of their younger players that need to get paid in the coming years in, in Scotty and Precious and, you know, Pascal as well, assuming he stays is up for a contract after the season. You know, when you do the math, you know, it is hard to see, despite what everything Fred brings to the table, if this team's going to move forward and pivot, how he's going to stay stay with the team and you certainly think that given the offers that were out there for Kyrie you know can the Raptors get those level of offers for for Fred or maybe even have those offers you know increase between now and Thursday so I personally actually think it's likely that Fred will be uh, on the move this week but and nothing would surprise me as it is the Raptors so if nothing surprises you I mean I guess the Siakam thing you know, it, it's it's interesting. I don't know how surprising it would be. I think coming in, if you told me a month ago, Siakam might go, I'd be pretty shocked. Do you believe that, that there's some truth to the notion that Siakam's name is out there? And do you see that as something, an avenue that the Raptors should explore, uh, given that this is, this is still an elite player, still a young player in a lot of ways, uh, and, that, and what that would signal if Siakam did go out the door? Yeah, um, I guess I will, um, you know, change my tone in exactly uh, one minute here and say that would really surprise me. Uh, I guess that would that would be the one thing that would really surprise me is if Pascal is on the move this week. I think I've yet to see based on just, you know, the reporting and, and based on just, you know, the, the trade machine that people are working with. I've yet to see a single Pascal trade that uh, I think makes sense in terms of, you know, what value that the Raptors can get in a move i think if you're and also i think if you're looking to move pascal then you're really moving in a completely different direction you know i think regardless of what the raptors do or don't do this week it does seem like that you know the team is going to lean towards building on scotty barnes's timeline but it doesn't mean that you have to move on from pascal uh because like you mentioned justin like he's a great player and i think he would be a a great complement or a 1a 1b if you want to envision down the line of scotty and, and pascal being part of that um, I I would be shocked if, if he was moved. I think that might be more of a conversation 
in the summer. And that might be a conversation with Pascal as well. If that's something that you want to explore, you know, what does he think about, you know, where this team is and, and if he wants to be here long term, you know, I think I, I, I would be shocked. I'm not I'm not surprised that they would be listening or even engaging in conversation. I think Bobby and Masai uh, owe it to to the organization and just to the team to, to, to be to explore what's out there. But I guess that 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 would be the one player that would be very surprising to me. What do you think the Raptors should covet in any trade they make before the deadline here? What should be number yeah. one on the priority list to bring in uh, in terms of returning assets? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at a, a player like Fred or a player like Gary, if you're able to just add draft capital to to what you already have, you know, the Raptors moving forward do have all their draft picks so in that way they're they're not in this desperate situation where they're trying to recoup anything that's gone out the doors uh similar to to brooklyn who you know has given up a lot to to you know get james harden last year etc etc so i think for the for the guys that have uh, are up for new contracts at the end of the season in, in fred and gary you know you're not going to get as big of a haul as an og so i think draft capital would be the focus there and you would expect that if teams are renting a player like that um, you know, even if they have an eye towards extending them and signing them in the summer with their bird rights, that, you know, draft picks is what they might be willing to give up because they don't want to give up a lot of players off their roster. Whereas I think a player like OG, if, you know, if you were to look at the reporting and look at the potential teams that are out there, like in New Orleans or Memphis, I think for the Raptors, like you have to get a combination of younger players in return and also draft picks because it does seem like the demand is out there for OG because one of the biggest things for the Raptors too, one of their issues is it's just a lack of depth on the roster. And as much as you can go into the summer and, and maybe try to make some additions there, um, you know, if you are retooling and if you are moving on, the Raptors simply just need more quality players on the roster. And if you can flip OG into, say, two young players and, you know, the, the number of draft picks you can haggle over, two picks, three picks with pick swaps like that, I think that would be the ideal situation for them. I was going to ask about what you thought your the best or the, the most realistic asking price was for OG because that's something we struggled with over the last little while trying to evaluate that because, well, not not just because of the injury, but because the original reporting was this big Donovan Mitchell um, trade package that hasn't obviously come across the table. And if it did, it seems like an automatic yes. But do you see maybe a little bit less urgency right now because OG is under contract for one more additional season that you don't need to press the panic button and take whatever is available right now because he could be something that you you hold as an asset? Or does the background information that maybe he's not super happy here, whether we, we believe that or not, make you feel like a little bit more trigger happy in terms of getting rid of OG at this trade that deadline? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Ailish, because, you know, you think about if you go into the summer, there's obviously still going to be a lot of teams that are interested. And you look at some of these draft picks that teams can offer, like the Pelicans have, mm-hmm. the you know, the, the, the ability to swap picks with the Lakers, even though right now they're kind of close in the standing. So that doesn't really matter at the moment. But like you get more clarity on where teams are in in the draft lottery and maybe those offers, you know, can change because you specifically know where they're going to be. But then the problem is like he only has one year left going uh, in into next season on his contract and you know will that change his value versus a team can trade for him now and be able to have him for a year and a half before he hits free agency uh, i do think whatever those offers are, are, are going to be you know the, the raptors just just have to decide because i think it's more a philosophical thing that if you do 
trade OG, whether because you want to move on or because he's unhappy or a combination of both, then you're really signaling that you're going in a different direction because, you know, trading a player like OG means not just, you know, you, you forfeit the chance of, of winning as many games this year, but probably looking into the next few years as well because he's just an ideal player that you would want. Um, you know, despite whatever shortcomings you, you can look at from him on an offensive end, like that's an ideal player that that that, that you want on a contending team, and, and that's why there's just so much demand out there. So, best packages, I think, is hard to say. I mean, it was reported last week that the the Knicks were a team that offered three draft picks, three first round picks. You, you know, we we haven't heard specifically what what Memphis and New Orleans are discussing, but I think we can guess it's a combination of some of their young players and draft picks cuz you know, it's been reported that they're kind of, you know, jostling each other to 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 see if they can get get in the front of the line for OG. So, I'm sure the Raptors have really good offers to choose from and again, it's just going to come down to them being, you know, so patient and and you know, for 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 Masai and Bobby like all the flaws that you can talk about in terms of them being unable to add to the bench and other things like they have a pretty good record when it comes to trades and then they also have you know um shown a lot of patience so i think the offers are out there it really does depend if the raptors do want to move on how much of this trade deadline and the way that the season has gone is about maintaining or refreshing the culture or the vibes within this team i know we've talked about this previously over the stretch it looked like you know things weren't all happiness, um, sunshine and rainbows with the Raptors. And, and obviously when you're not winning games, there's part of that. But if you're going to get rid of some key pieces of your team, is there enough to rebuild a culture or is that even a focal point right now? Is that kind of the direction you need to go in terms of the, your stars here is to kind of refresh? Uh, how much does a, a management like evaluate that leaders and where your team is at and where you want them to be, to be a championship culture once again? Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a fascinating question for this week. You know, I personally do think that there are pieces that that need to be that need to be moved like and and not like specific players, but like I just think this mix has not worked and, you know, as much as you can look at the individual talent of the players in the starting lineup, you know, we just have such a long, long sample size now of looking at them this season that it does feel like whether it is the contract situations or whether it is just the on-court chemistry, that something is something is lacking beyond just the the underperformance on the court. And I think I think it's an interesting question because depending on what the Raptors do on Thursday, that's really gonna signal how they really feel about how this season has gone beyond just what's taking place on the court because I think I think you could talk yourself and we've heard reports that hey you know Masai you know is is you know potentially considering just retooling around this corn and that he still believes in this group and maybe he's still holding on to how they performed in the second half of last season and holding on to the individual potential of this team so if they don't make major moves and they decide to hang on to an OG and they decide to hang on to a Fred and a Gary uh, you know with with the intention of re-signing them this summer then it would signal to you that Masai doesn't really believe that this is a as big of a problem as, as people think. But, you know, I, I do think if they look at this team critically and honestly, and they're around the team, obviously, and they know more than any of us, I think they have to recognize that, that you know, change there is a change that's needed for this team. So is it uh, cold turkey with these guys? OG, Fred, Gary, let's say all of them go. Will you still be cheering for them to, you know, have success where they go? Or will the interest just stay within the lane, which is the Raptors? How would you uh, approach cheering or not cheering for these guys if they in fact move on 
you know, it depends on if they write a Players Tribune essay. Um, and, you know, <laughs> they got a it also gush. depends. Yeah. Also, it depends on if they go to the Clippers or not. No, no, I think, I think, you know, you think about these guys, like, you know, Fred, obviously part of this championship group. And, like, you know, Will and I talked about uh, a little bit about just OG's career here uh, last week here in Toronto. I think the one biggest regret is is just not being able to have OG as part of the championship run because he got injured right before the start of the playoffs. Like it would have just been so special, not just for the fans to have, but but also, you know, for for him, like for his career as well. I know I know he's got one of the most iconic playoff moments with with the game winning shot at the bubble. But like just having him there in 2019 would have been awesome. And I think there's just a certain attachment when you watch these guys and you've seen that you know Fred's been through so many iterations of this team already. You know, like the pre Kawhi Raptors, you know, the Kawhi Raptors, and then the the post Kawhi Raptors, and now kind of this like Scotty era Raptors. Like it's kind of amazing to think about because he's been here now. I think like what seven seasons, and like we've obviously seen him grow in into different roles. And I think you know OG's been been you know such a fan favorite and then such a just an intriguing player for the time that he's been here. And and then you know also for Gary too. I think. And I think we all forget um, maybe by now and maybe we just want to forget the Tampa season. But when like Gary was traded here, he had such an exciting stretch of games when we first came here with game winners and like 30 point games, 40 point games and things like that. And he had a stretch of 30 plus point games last season as well. So like a lot of these guys, like whether they've been here for like two years or seven years, just, you know, have such a connection to the fans and have left so many great memories here. So, you know, I think a part of it, you know, and maybe there'll be more time to kind of sit and think about it after Thursday or on Thursday, you know, when these moves are made. But like, you know, I, th- I think to reflect back on them and think about them too as, as just players on this team, you know, they've they've all done they've all done cool things here and they've all left a mark with, with the fan base, which which will a part of it will make it make it tough to to say goodbye to them if if they move this week. Do you have preferred destinations for each? Uh, let's see. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of Brooklyn talk. So, you know, I would not be shocked if, you know, I would say, you want to see a rap, you want to see Fred Fred on Brooklyn Brooklyn, though? Do you want to see that? No, see, you know, here's my ultimate goal and and, give us your fandom. (laughs) Yeah. Like where do you want to see the goal is like, so ultimate goal right now is, is the ultimate, ultimate goal is like Brooklyn, you know, obviously trying to get every Raptors player, you know, trying to make add one more piece. You know, they got these extra draft picks now that they can use, you know, for the next two days, Masai needs to Masai and Bobby need to engage Sean Marks in the conversation to the point where they mind trick him into actually making KD available and give up their mm. team. So, you know, they've got to just keep talking, wear down Sean Marks to the point where he becomes convinced that he actually needs to tear the team down. And suddenly KG, uh, KD is on on the table and now suddenly maybe the Raptors can have a conversation that way because they do have a lot of appealing trade assets such as Fred and OG um, but anyways I think <laughs> Fred I would say um, you know what I wouldn't mind seeing Fred in Brooklyn if that's the way that they want to okay. go you know I think you can see him having a playoff run there OG um, I would like to him to, to go to the Western Conference so I think um, you know I would put him Honestly, I would put him on New Orleans. You know, I know they're struggling a little bit right now, but I think it'd be very exciting to see him on that team next to uh, Zion and Brandon Ingram. And, and Gary, you know, I, th- I think, you know, Gary gets his fits off and stuff. I think Gary belongs in L.A. You know, Gary goes to the Lakers <laughs> and okay. we get one of their coveted first round picks. Um, you know, maybe expand that to, to a bigger package. So, you know, if, if the players are on the move, those would be the destinations I would pick. Uh, the Raptors show is appointment viewing this week and all weeks. Alex and Will will have 
everyone covered on Raptors News and Insights this week. Uh, We look forward to tracking everything, and we'll catch up with you after the dust has settled, Alex. Congrats on the book. Yes, appreciate both of you, and uh, look forward to talking soon. That's Alex Wong, producer and co-host of The Raptors Show and author of his new book, Prehistoric. Good book title. It's perfect. He's smart. It's pretty good. All right. Well, um, goodness. Any thoughts on anything's going to happen today? I have a feeling. I don't know. It feels like a Tuesday. You have a feeling? What's your feeling? I have a feeling something's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be a lot of noise today and well, no substance. And I think tomorrow. New, eh? I think tomorrow's the day, honestly. Okay. I don't think they're going to wait till the last second because I think they kind of have to well, set they the are table. The, the people it's going through right yeah, now. Yeah. So I think like it can only, not that they should be the ones that are urgent, but I don't think you can just. The Raptors aren't going to just trade, make four different trades involving four different key no. assets that have been here forever on the last day. Like, I think something's got to happen beforehand, and then there's a reactive move. Then there's someone trying to compete with mm-hmm. said trade. So I think while it might be quiet today, well, quiet in terms of actual trades going down, I feel like Wednesday is going to be a key day for the Raptors. All right. Well, we do have some things to tee up if you think it's going to happen or not. LeBron James possibly passing the all-time scoring record tonight. Or does he wait till Thursday with the NBA scriptwriters to break uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time record? He's 36 points away. You can put that in the wake and rake submissions at 595.90. We have some time for that because we're going to speak with Sarah Nurse after the break, who had one of the major highlights of the All-Star game with her beautiful shootout goal. And she's just an icon, and she's the moment. And we get to talk to her next on the Fan Morning Show. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're wrapping it up here on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, the fan. No Toronto sports in action. You got some options for that wake and rake. Send that in at 590-590. We're going to get to that after our most anticipated guest of the day. Move over, Bill Daly. It's Sarah Nurse Ford of the Canadian Women's National Team, Olympic gold medals, two-time world championship winner, and the star of the All-Star Weekend down in Florida. How's it going, Sarah? Hi, Alish. How are you? We are well. We're glad that you could just fit us in in your busy schedule. I know you got a lot of celebrity appearances as of late, so thanks for fitting us in this morning. Um, let's of start with, with the moment that stole the weekend, um, at least for us up here, and I'm sure a lot on social media as well. Your big goal on Igor Shosturkin. Uh, walk us through the, the play-by-play that goes on. First of all, that competition was so hard to understand, so I'm just glad that you were able to know when you were supposed to go. But you get the opportunity to go one-on-one against one of the NHL's best. Did you have that move planned out in your head, or was it a spur of the moment? Yeah, I, I think it was funny. We had a lot of help on the ice to tell us when to go. So okay, good. They told me that, yeah, they told me that I was going as a one, and actually me and Mitch had had planned that if we were going to go two-on-o, this is what we were going to do. So I was kind of bummed that we weren't going two-on-o, but um, I talked to one of my friends, Isabel Germain, and she like was like, you should pull the Forsberg. <laughs> and so I guess it was just like in my head because I don't think I was consciously thinking anything. But, yeah, I just went down, tried it, and it went in. And then I was like, oh, God, everybody's looking at me now. So um, <laughs> it turned out pretty well. Man, none of the uh, plans that Mitch Marner had seemed to work out at the All-Star <laughs> game, unfortunately, including the 2-on-0 with Sarah Nurse. Um 
So we saw that, of course, that's the the moment that we remember you from at the All-Star event. Is there something that you're going to remember, a moment on the ice, an interaction, a conversation, an exchange, something that you're, you were thinking about or thinking about while you left South Florida? Yeah, I think there were so many cool, like, chats just that we had on the ice with everybody. Um, I remember, like, chatting with, like, Ovi and his son, which was, he was adorable, and he just wanted to play hockey the whole time while mm-hmm. he was on the ice. Um, and then I got to chat with, obviously, Sidney Crosby, which was so cool because that's somebody that you look up to, and he wanted to know how we were, what we were doing, and um, all that kind of stuff. So there were just cool interactions throughout that night that were pretty awesome. So I don't think we are being too critical, but from our perspective, there was a lot of areas of the All-Star Weekend that kind of felt like it fell short, but you're there. And maybe you could give some context about the attendance in terms of, is it still really for the kids? Like, is it a success in your mind when you're there and you're seeing um, the youth and the interaction and the social aspect of it that maybe we don't see up here when we're watching through broadcast and we're watching through, you know, what's being posted and what other reporters are saying while you're there. Does it feel like a win? Does it feel like it's still for the kids? And maybe are we too quick to judge? Yeah, I, honestly, I thought that the games and the events were very well tended. Um, being in South Florida, I didn't really know what to expect, but I thought that attendance was great, but also the activations that they had away from the rink was awesome. Like, they had an entire beach fest set up where um, they had, like, a Stanley Cup by the ocean. They had gaming events, esports, um, different ways to try out hockey. They had um, the Diversity and Inclusion Mobile Museum that is, like, a double-wide tractor-trailer now, which is a complete step Uh, up and so yeah it was completely busy all weekend and I thought it was pretty cool to see so many people uh, wanting to try hockey and get involved in all-star weekend whatever way they could see that that's great context because it's hard to see all that through our eyes up here and and obviously they put a lot of work and effort into making that a full encompassing experience so appreciate the insight there from the ground Um, was there something that you wish you got a chance to try one of the all-star skills events maybe the shooting the pucks at the surface boards the dunk tank would you have wanted the dunk tank one of your fellow teammates that were there anything you left thinking ah god i wish i got a chance to try that i would have loved the dunk tank we just missed that (laughs) when they they filmed it i would have loved to do the dunk tank and i know actually a bunch of guys got to try it and the mascots i think got to try it as well so that was a fun event i think anything that kind of relates to hockey but maybe is not directly hockey related um it is pretty cool because again it takes you out of context it takes you to another space instead of just doing like shooting at targets you know i, I think that those unique and creative ways um to kind of showcase skills are, are pretty fun so the all-star game is coming back to toronto next year after nearly a quarter century and i guess a lot of the speculation was well the players do they want to go to toronto do they want to leave the sunshine of sunrise or vegas or whatever to come up to the cold weather in toronto and i guess well you're an all-star player uh you'll be there we expect uh do you want to go to toronto well, I mean, I live like 10 minutes from the rink, so it's not that big of a deal for me to make my way over. But um, honestly, I, I think there will be so many cool and different ways that they're going to integrate All-Star Weekend into the city. Um, and it'll definitely be different than it is in Sunrise or than it was in L.A. or even St. Louis. So um, I'm definitely excited to see how they put everything together and see all the great players obviously come in for it. I have no doubt that you'll be somehow included in this one. Um, I know putting on the spot here, but any quick thoughts on something that maybe could be a Toronto staple? Maybe we have to have people race through the path and find their way through Union Station and out the other side. I trust, trust me, I would be lost in there forever. Is it going for an ice cold plunge in Lake Ontario, shooting pucks off the CN Tower? You get to be creative and uh, be a part of creating this 
this new All-Star Game vibe in Toronto? Anything that you're putting on the list? Yeah, I think if we put them in the path, we'd lose a couple yep, NHL All-Stars. Sure. So <laughs> maybe we should not do that. But maybe like that like Skywalk thing that they have on the yes. CN Tire, like stick handle pucks through there or something. Oh, you can see like 100 stories down. I think that'd be funny. Would you do the Skywalk or is that something you don't love? No, I think it would be sick. I would love that. Wow, you heard it here first. Cold weather, cold weather climate, go to the very tallest point you can. Oh I think it would be a little colder up there then. It's like a, a frigid scene up there. Yeah, it's, probably, um, it's probably freezing. I love that. Well, that's exciting. I, I'm sure you'll be a part of it, and we're looking forward to bringing it up here to Toronto next year. Um, I know the PWHPA has been cooking along here. I got to see some of the girls up in Owen Sound in Collingwood about two weeks ago for Hockey Day in Canada. You guys are headed to another one just in uh, outside the GTA, Barrie, Peterborough, et cetera. What's on the cusp for you around the corner with the PWHPA? Yeah, so this weekend we have our like OHL partnered weekend where we're in four different markets. We are in um, St. Catharines, Niagara, uh, Kitchener, Peterborough, and also Barrie. And so all of the OHL teams that are hosting us, they're super excited. We're all very excited um, to be able to bring hockey to amazing markets uh, throughout Ontario. So that's next weekend. And then we finish off our season um, in Washington, Tampa, and then our championship weekend, which I believe is getting released. I'm actually not sure if it's released. I don't know if I could say it, but we have a couple of Come on, break weekends. the news, Sarah. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we have a press release. <laughs> They're listening. Jane is like, no, yeah. no, don't even, Sarah. <laughs> so uh, we have our championship weekend coming up in uh, the beginning of March. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Um, well, we will stay tuned for that. And then before we let you, got to get asked about um, world championships, which are also coming to our backyard here, just down the road in Brampton, which is uh, not too far away um, and not too long away. So how exciting is it to be back on home ice um, with the world championships just here with the Canadian um, atmosphere that has always been a little bit of a boost, I think we can say for the girls. Oh, it'll be awesome. Um, obviously being from Ontario, I'm a little biased. I'm so excited to bring hockey back to probably one of the best women's hockey markets in the world. Um, and so getting to play in that arena, it's going to be packed it's gonna be a pretty intimate environment with i think like five thousand fans around there so it's gonna be awesome i'm so excited to see everybody out and i'm sure we'll get to meet everybody and have some pretty cool activation oh we're excited for that are you gonna be um here sunday for the skate that i might be hosting um beneath philip square Oh, possibly. Okay. Possibly, possibly yeah. see you there then, okay? <laughs> That's another little hint, hint. Come, everybody stay tuned. There might be some cool stuff in the city. But nonetheless, uh, congrats on a great weekend down south. It was great to see the, the female representation. Great to see you uh, being able to be the star you are. And hopefully we get to catch up soon, right? Amazing. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. That's Sarah Nurse, forward to Canadian Women's National Team Olympic gold medals, two-time world championship winner, and scored on Igor Shesterkin. Not a big deal. And apparently you'll be snapping the pucks around with her on Sunday, did you say? Yeah, so this weekend there's some... Um, outdoor maple leaf stuff going on there's the practice there's the party in the square and the women will be involved in Sweet. sunday um a couple fun things going on there but you have to get your bag out of the uh, bathtub it is no longer in the bathtub and i will be putting on the skates quite soon justin Very so excited. you can just pump the brakes Get you, to see me out there. You, me, and McKee on a line. We got to get ready. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, so Sunday, I think, uh, I'm not sure all the information on it, but there will be an outdoor practice and co. Um, it seems like the women will be involved on the Sunday, which is the day of the Super Bowl. So Sweet. You have to find out. Uh, it's a women's skills competition. All right. And no, great. I will not be participating, but I will be 
attending and hosting said competition. Yes, skills on the mic. They were very clear to uh, lay that out in the ask. We would like you to be on the microphone, not in the competition. Do not touch a puck. Do not bring a stick. You can bring your skates, stand there, but don't be confused for talent. Okay, fine. No problem, guys. Uh, But that is the Super Bowl on Sunday as well. We will have lots this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, teeing that up. We'll do probably our Super Bowl extravaganza call in on Friday with some of our, our favorite sports and talent that will come in and give us a pick for the weekend. We'll obviously set up our pick aside, which we've, the ship has sailed, but maybe we'll find a way to make it even more exciting for I us. I feel like we're slightly at the mercy of the Toronto Raptors, right? Like we got a lot of, we got some Super Bowl stuff planned, do, but, but it's, it's just like, all right, I mean, if, if something happens here with the Raptors, we got to make sure that we're covering that. So we'll have Super Bowl stuff, the extent, the breadth of it. I'm not really sure because I think it hinges a little bit on Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. It sure Bobby does. Two phones. It sure does. So we'll do our best. But um, we do have the Wake and Rake to set up today as well. I said it. LeBron James looking for a history-making night tonight. His over-under on points is set at 32 and a half, though. He needs 36 to be the all-time leader in points. Fading LeBron James tonight. Yeah? Fading the guy. You think he wants to do it in Milwaukee? I think he wants to do it in Milwaukee. With the sky hook. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to hit the under in that. Not on my wake and rake, but just mentally and oh, not for verbally the wake. Oh, I'm putting okay, that out there. I thought that was there. your wake and rake. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just suggesting so that. So we're fading LeBron because we think there's going to be a bigger celebration. I, the I do story's worry. better Thursday, I LeBron. I do worry if, he, if he's really hot, he'll just be like, I'm doing this in legendary fashion, scoring 37, he's 38, get 39, 40. Or 20. Like, that, would be, that would be quite the story if he did it in that fashion. A little more anticlimactic if he scores what, like... His fifth point of the game versus yes, Milwaukee in the first quarter. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it'll be a celebration, obviously, but not as cool as if he dropped 40, but we'll see. His last, his recent games, 27 points, 26, game, 26 points, 28 points, 41 and 20. So he's averaging right now 30 on the season. So no, I think that's the right pick. Punt it to Thursday, LeBron. Even though people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. They'll on be tickets. a little disappointed. I'll give you my wake and rake selection for tonight. It's a little aggressive. Edmonton Oilers, puck line, plus 150. They're in Detroit tonight. I feel like the Red Wings are one of those teams susceptible to getting their doors blown off. I think the Oilers (laughs) are going to be refreshed after the bye week, after the All-Star break. Not too much of a hangover because they've been, well, I guess they went straight to Detroit, but they haven't Mm -hmm. been. They removed themselves from Sunrise with Skinner, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. I feel like they're going to come out firing in the second half. I'll bank on them getting out on the right foot and they'll uh, have some success in Detroit. Edmonton Oilers, puck line, plus 150. Juice it up a little bit. Okay, mine's also plus money. Okay. And I'm going with the exact same pick I picked last night. Bo Horvat overshots. Really? He's making his debut at home. Okay. For the New York Islanders. This Two is and a it. half plus money? Two and a half plus money. I okay. don't know what they're thinking, but I'm seeing it at plus 100. He hit it last night. Look he at got you four, mining some. Four shots on net last night in his away debut in the New Jersey. He is here Did you at watch home. the game? No, because I watched that Rangers game last night, which might have been the best hockey game I've seen all year. I wish I watched it. That was absolutely That, that Truba hit on Kadri was like, I, I don't even, I feel like I, that part of me is like, like gone. And I just saw like, Something, out of body experience. Yeah, out of yeah. body experience. Something from my childhood. It was like, oh, that's what hockey was like, and I miss it. I, I want more of that. That was great. That game in general had everything: fights, hits, comebacks, highlight reel goals, overtime. It was 
an immaculate experience. If you got a chance to watch it, it was great. Last night, Rangers went in OT on home ice against the Flames. Nonetheless, I didn't get to watch too much of our Islanders same game parlay that we put together. Obviously, the over didn't hit. It was a 2-1 win. Two or three legs hit. And it was tough. But um, Islanders, on a back-to-back, I'm not too worried about it. They are facing off against the Kraken at home. I know the Kraken's good, but I'm putting Bo Horvat over two and a half shots. He's making his home ice debut. He's going to be wanting to put on a show for his new fans. Plus 100 for over two and a half shots from Bo Horvath. I like it. A couple plus money plays to start things off. Let's get to the anchors. Okay, so let's go with um, the first one here. Jeff from Oakville. Uh, good morning. Wake and rake picks, um, a.k.a. I'm Mr. Moneyline, because those big shiny casinos don't build themselves. Avs and Lightning Moneyline Parlay. All righty. Uh, next one is from Chad from Peterborough. Going with Ailish's Georgia Bulldogs. That's right. Minus one and a half at home in NCAA hoops. Georgia is the better team, and they already beat Ole Miss this year. One of Georgia's best players, Terry Roberts, is a game-time decision. If he plays, they'll win by 20, so maybe watch (laughs) the line on that one before you're building your old parlay. All right, Eric from Burlington. Uh, This is the last week without baseball, nine days until pitchers and catchers report. Love that. Um, He's taking the lightning puck line. He got lit up last night, and the Sharks are always an easy bounce back and also likes Stamkos over shots. Okay, good morning. I got the Ron and Juliana text. Big win for the Warriors last night. For Huge. today's anchor, Ron is going with the guy who hit for him on Friday, Mikel Bridges, over 16 and a half points at plus 100. Do we want three straight plus money we plays? Might. He's hit that number in 11 of 12. This could be a start of another gold jacket scenario. And speaking of gold jacket, Juliana is going with the Hall of Famer tonight. You don't even have to put the name down. I'm assuming that's Julius Randle. I, I'm thinking it is as well. You want to take Neil in Newfoundland? There's a couple funky names in there. You're putting the names on me. Okay, good morning. This is Neil from Newfoundland. Coming off a close loss in the WTA yesterday, he's going back to the reliable ATP. Apparently, the ATP more reliable than the WTA (laughs) in Montpellier. Take Mark Andrea Hussler. Minus two and a half games over Luca Van Ash. Hussler has raced up the rankings this past year and has taken some of the biggest names in tennis out. Should comfortably cover the spread against the 18-year-old Ash, love this one, he says, wow. for the wake and rake. Neil from Newfoundland. Capitals, Newfield. too. Um, Tim Tom from the Schwa. I'm going over four and a half assists with Randall um, instead of rebounds. Okay. Something funky and different. We Tim love Tom that. Tim Tom from the Schwa. Good morning. This is Corey from Port Hope. Betting the Islanders over total should be on our to not to do bet list as their game totals have went under in five and well, a half. Where were you last night, poor yeah. Corey? In 10 of the last 13 games. Tatum over rebounds with sweat free. Uh, today's wake and rake for him is Avalanche money line in the NHL or Knicks money line. The Avalanche are on the road in Pittsburgh. Okay. Minus 105. Um, two final ones here. Um, Hartenstein over rebounds. My guy. You're, that's your guy, buddy. Um, over rebounds. And Nick's Randall over assists. We got two for assists. Um, can't find line, but he's hit double digits in four straight. I'll just do the last one here. Arkell from downtown. Wake and rake over six and a half total goals in the Oilers and Red Wings game. So that correlates with mine. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with the plus money on Mikhail Bridges. We got some avalanche puck line or some island or some lightning puck line mm-hmm. love. Rather, they are at home to San Jose. They did play last night, though. Um, where are you thinking? Do we go with Neil? He did. He said he loved it. There are two picks also for Randall over assists. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, Randall over assists twice is in this, which is interesting because he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and Juliana has him also in her pick, but just over rebounds. 
And then we have what? Avalanche um, or Lightning Puck Line as well. Some Avalanche Money Line, Lightning Puck Line. Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, there's an Avs and Lightning Money Line parlay. I think that's where my confusion was. So people are on the Avs and Lightning tonight. Uh, also, Georgia, we got some outline selections in there. I'll let you choose your... Well, you know I what? think the four I, I and a half picked... sits for Randall might be the one. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I picked yesterday and... Um, to do the same game parlay. So. Let's do Randall over four and a half assists. Okay, I'm putting it in right now. And all together. Ooh, it's a spicy one today. So Bo, Bo Horvat over a sit or, oh no. Bo Horvat over shots on goal plus 100 to get over two and a half shots tonight in his home ice debut against the Seattle, Seattle Kraken. That's my pick. Justin has the Oilers on the puck line on the road against the Detroit Red Wings, which is spiced up plus 145. And then our Hall of Famer, but an adjusted Hall of Fame pick is Julius Randle over four and a half assists tonight on the road against the Magic altogether. That's plus 821. Kind of love it today. There's a couple other good picks in there as well that I'll tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, another non-Toronto sports night. But it could be Toronto's day if you're looking at the NBA and all the action that could be coming ahead of the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a lot to discuss, I am sure, tomorrow, even in the absence of two games or in the absence of games between the Maple Leafs and Raptors. Obviously, I have um, LeBron and his chase for history tonight. Mm -hmm. You can put that in whatever bets you'd like. I'm going to fade LeBron. And then later today, take a look at our socials because we're going to release our NBA prop Wow, I keep saying NBA because it's NBA in the brain. Our Super Bowl prop bets for Sunday. What we're going to do is create a Google form. We have created a Google form. It will be available to the public, and you'll be able to put your name, your email, et cetera, in, and then you're going to go through 40 to 50 different selections. We'll Mm -hmm. narrow it down specifically to make it uh, coherent at least. Um, 50, let's say, picks you know, the classics, winner, spread pick, over, under, odds uh, for the coin toss, et cetera. We get some spicy ones in there, like first score of the game, the time of the game, um, you know, the, the jersey number, higher or lower for the first touchdown. There's all those ones. Then there's going to be some fun ones to do with uh, the halftime show, some fun um, broadcast-related ones. Ooh. I've got a lengthy list ahead. We'll put that together Put it out on social, and you can all participate and be a part of our team prop it. So we'll have a winner on the morning show. On It, it goes through Google, so it'll be perfect. You don't have to grade papers like no you're God, in high no. school. Like, you're good, and we'll get a winner. Hopefully, there might be a tie, but hopefully we'll get a winner. There's probably a tiebreaker in there as well. But we want to service you. I mean, bring this to you, Super Bowl party. Print it mm-hmm. out. There's no better way to make a Super Bowl party better than getting a prop sheet going, putting a little money on the line with your friends, following along with 50 prop bets that we're offering, that you're offering, Ailish. I'm sure you'll be entertained if you use this at your Super Bowl party as well. Have you done Super Bowl squares? I'm not, I haven't actually ever done that, I don't think. Oh, it's super fun. Um, can't do that one with the squad here, more of like an in-person one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have no idea what I'm doing for the Super Bowl. It's like well, apparently you're going to be on the ice in a skills competition. Well, it's only like 10 a.m. But like I have no pl- I have no idea. I haven't put anything together. I have no plans. I don't know where to go. I'm just roaming free at doing. this moment. Going to a friend's, printing out our Super Bowl yeah, prop better. sheet, and it's going to be, you know, front and center for us. I love that. Are you going to make food on Sunday? I don't even know, so you don't know where you're I'm going to be. I got to make something. I don't know what I'm I making. I have to figure it out, Justin. The time let someone tell me is winding down. The clock is ticking. I need to figure out what I'm doing for the Super Bowl. It has 
turned up real quick here in my life. Has it? We've been talking, I feel like I we've know. been talking about it for weeks. I'm usually a planner and I am left here with zero plans. Well, this you'll moment. figure it out. You'll yes. figure it out. So that's to come this week. We're also going to do maybe a draft of our favorite Super Bowl foods. So get cooking, Justin. We're going to have to help Justin with his prep on Sunday. Lots to look forward to. This week, you know, the trade deadline Thursday. Is it 3 p.m., 5 p.m.? Whatever it is, we'll be covering it. You know, Sportsnet, 590 Fan will have so much coverage all throughout the week for what your Raptors and what the NBA is doing all week long. That's it for us this morning. We'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday morning. Thanks for listening. But I would say eye test-wise, they are better this year. I think Lilligren taking a huge dump. Uh, huge, huge what? A huge dump? <laughs> what <just happened? laughs>